Well, isn't it good to be in God's house today? Amen. I'm, I'm blown away. I am. Uh, you prepare and you wait upon God, and you know what? God comes to meet our hearts. That's exciting. God's here to meet each and every one of us this morning and to speak into our hearts. So I'm going to be looking at a, a scripture passage that is familiar to most of us, and it's Ephesians 6, and it's the whole armor of God. But what's really interesting with that, too, as well, that as we call on the name of Jesus, he will meet us in all these different places. So we're going to talk about what is the armor, what's it like. And for some context, it's uh, in chapter 6 in the book of Ephesians. And in the preceding chapters, uh, Paul talks about uh, Christian unity, how families should get along, how people should treat each other. There's a lot of good teaching and a lot of good doctrine that's in that book. And then at the very end, what we see is that there's a challenge. And uh, in Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And then in verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And uh, one of the things I'll come back to later, but I'll emphasize it now so I don't forget it, is that we're going to put on the whole armor of God. We're looking at all of these spiritual things that God is teaching us and how we use all of them together by his will to help us in our spiritual walk. And he wants us to be strong. And no one wants to be weak or feel weak. Uh, in prayer time this morning, uh, we, we prayed and I asked the Lord uh, to fill me. I said, um, in my weakness, the strength is made perfect, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I hold on to that for today. But none of us want to be weak physically. If we're having illness problems and we're feeling weak, then we would go to a doctor. If we're feeling weak mentally, we're feeling fatigued, then we're going to say, wow, I need some rest. I maybe need to take some time to regroup and, and regroup my thoughts. And definitely spiritually, we do not want to be weak. We want to be strong in the Lord. In Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his power. And in 2 Corinthians 12.19, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. In my weakness, his strength is made perfect. And that's so cool. I just get excited about that. And I get stoked about that because it's not about me. It's not about you and us striving and trying to make things happen on our own. It's all about Jesus, all about the Father, all about the Holy Spirit coming and meeting us and providing for us. And so that's so encouraging. So as we move into this time and as we listen, let's, let's pray and prepare our hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for today. Um, I thank you that even though this is a weekend that maybe didn't go the way some of us have planned, and this has been a week that some of us have struggled with too, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you're here to meet us in the special places of our hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that you just teach us about yourself. This is a world of spiritual warfare, and uh, 
Lord, I thank you that that isn't something that we need to be scared about or anything like that, but you are sovereign and you are with us. So I pray that you would just teach us from your word. Teach us how to apply this teaching about the whole armor of God to our bodies, our minds, our souls, and our spirits, and our lives, Lord. And I pray that you would be the one who speaks today. We want to hear from you, Holy Spirit of God. So be in this place. Speak as you will, Lord God, and bless our hearts all for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, we are in a spiritual battle. And uh, in Ephesians 6.11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The devil is planning, and he's scheming against you. But we're reminded in 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be sober-minded and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. And then we're told in Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now, as I was praying before, too, that sometimes that might feel daunting or, or scary or something like that, but it doesn't need to be. This isn't about us being afraid. This is all about us feeling bold and strong because God is our strength. God is our power. God is our deliverer in all of these things. And Scripture tell, tells us what to do. This is a, a response. In Ephesians six thirteen, it says, Therefore, take, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So in this scripture passage, we're both called to put on the whole armor of God and to take up the whole armor of God. And just to clarify, this isn't, uh, as you, most of you know, but some of you who are new and watching maybe online this morning or some of you here who are just new and figuring things out, this isn't a physical armor that we put on, but it's a spiritual one. And it's uh, imagery that's based on either ancient Roman armor or ancient Israelite armor that tells us how we can walk in strength with the Lord. This helps us to withstand the evil day, it says in Scripture. The days that we live in are evil. That's no duh. Like we turn on the news, we go into the world, we see all these things. There's wars and rumors of wars. There's plagues, there's evil, there's all kinds of things that I can't even speak about from up here because they're all too cringy and too soul-crushing for that. So this is the days that we live in, but these are the things that God helps us with to stand firm. In Ephesians 6.14, it says, Therefore, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Now, in the Ten Commandments, depending on how you're numbering it, the Ninth Commandment is do not bear false witness. And from the beginning, God has called us to be truthful, to be honest, not to, to lie. And so much of what we hear in the world is lies, a lot of it. If not, you know, there's this falsehood, false speaking, there's deception, and we need to be able to stand against the lies of the world. And the first Pete piece of that spiritual armor is that belt of truth. And it's like a, if we were looking at the, an original Roman armor, sometimes it would be this big 
belt with lots of metal accoutrements on it, and it would help solidify and, and be the anchor for the breastplate and all the other pieces of the armor. So we're standing firm in truth. So the belt is symbolic of truth. And who is true? Jesus is true. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we anchor ourselves in Jesus and the truth of his word. And that gives us victory in those things. In John 14:6, it says what I just said here. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what do we do with this belt of truth we have? We, it, it, depending on the translation you have, we either gird it or fasten it or secure it. It's something that is put on tight around us. So we wrap ourselves in the truth of who Jesus is and the truth of his word. And that gives us victory over lies because Satan is the author of lies and the author of deception. And so we have this part of our spiritual armor to fight those lies. How do you fight lies? With the truth. Lies can be whatever they are, but the truth is the truth and that does not change. In Ephesians 6.14 it says, Therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, therefore stand having put on that breastplate of righteousness. And so we move from this truth belt until we get to the breastplate. And uh, in a Roman armor, it would have been a big metal piece, probably secured on with the belt. And what is, what is righteousness? That is the holiness of God. That is his power that is set out for us. That is pr- his provision for us. So we need to put on that righteousness. And you know what? It's not of us. It's not like, oh, man, you know, I got to try and do better. I got to do this myself. I got to try and holy it up. I got to try and... No, no, no. It's all about God. Lord God, I'm thankful for the sacrifice of Christ. Cover me in your holiness. Cover me in your righteousness. So, and the breastplate was important because it, it helped protect our vital organs like all the torso vital organs and things like the heart, which pumps our blood and and our lungs, which help us to breathe. And we want to be able to have our hearts guarded. In in Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And then in the re-version of that scripture, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. God has breathed his breath into us. So we use this righteousness that God has given us, and it stands against the accusations of Satan. We are claiming the righteousness of Christ. We don't have to be put up with being harassed by the enemy. The breastplate of God is the righteousness of God at work. I already mentioned about how Satan spreads lies, but we want to be covered in the righteousness of Christ. We want to let go of sin. We can't hang on to anything. If we are trying to walk in the righteousness of Christ, we can't have our secret sins, the things that we want to set up against the knowledge of God. I know we all struggle. We all fall. We all do things that we struggle with and we need to go and repent to God about But this is about almost like an idolatry and hanging on to the things that we shouldn't. 
I'm going to get uh, Connor to put up slide two for me. So, any guesses? It's, it's a little bit obscure there. Any guesses of what might be going on there? Well, this is, uh, there are different kinds as you'll see, but this is a monkey trap. And can you put up slide three, Connor? And there are these things called monkey traps, and, and monkeys are, are captured and they're, they're sold. And a monkey trap is a gourd or a pot that's usually either very, very heavy or it's secured with a chain or a rope. And it's quite, quite simple. Um, inside of that gourd, there's either a, a piece of fruit or nuts or something like that. And the monkey, ah, wow, there's a prize in here. So the monkey puts his hands in and then makes a fist and won't let go of what's in there. There are people, he will, other monkeys will help him try and get the monkey loose. Um, and people will, will eventually come and take the monkey to be sold. But the monkey could just be free just by letting go of what's in there. Letting go of the thing that is enticing it to be trapped. So, and that's very, very interesting. And I'll get you to put up the slide four. Monkey's caught, but freedom is possible. The thing about the monkey trap is all they have to do is to let go to be free. We have to let go of the sin that entangles us. God wants us all to be free. God doesn't want us to be a prisoner to stuff or the lies of the enemy or of Satan. Forget all that. God wants us to have freedom. God wants us to live in that truth and in that righteousness. Amen. So be encouraged that even if you are caught or you're struggling with something, just do what you need to do. Just come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. I need your forgiveness. I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be trapped anymore. I want to be released. I want you. I don't want this petty temporal thing that is dragging me down and worse, this thing that I've made an idol or a sin. I want you, Jesus, and your fullness. In Ephesians uh, 6.15, it says, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So we have the shoes with the readiness to share the gospel and the gospel of peace. Now, the great thing is, is that the gospel is key to us. It's the good news. It's the fact that God made the first move. God sent Jesus to earth to die and to be risen, that we can put our faith in him and come and repent and give him all of our stuff and receive forgiveness and walk with him. And the peace of that gospel is the fact, the shalom of that gospel is that when we do that, we can appropriate the peace of God. That oh, I don't have to carry this stuff anymore. I don't have to carry this garbage anymore. God, I can walk in your peace because I'm saved. And even though this world has struggles and all of us are dealing with struggles in this world one way or another, our hearts are focused because we have the gift of salvation. We have the gift of heaven. Oh, man, another time we just got to talk about um, uh, uh, heaven because heaven is a more amazing. We could spend hours and hours talking about all of those things that we 
kind of think God has prepared for us, but even if we did all that, we wouldn't know because scripture says the best, most wonderful things that you can think of about heaven, (laughs) not even close. It hasn't even entered into the hearts or minds of human beings all the cool, awesome things that God has prepared for us. So the shoes of the feet, the feet are the shoes of the gospel of readiness. We need to be ready to go. So we have this wonderful gift, and I know it's hard, and especially in our culture, there's a lot of, of anti-gospel barriers there, but love people, come alongside friends and family, just be yourself in the fact of just, hey, you know what, you want to know how come I'm really, really happy today? You know, I've just been spending time with my, my God, and you know, and have natural conversations with people and talk to them, and be able to share the gospel. We, the world needs Jesus more than ever, and it's hard, but we're his hands and feet. We're his soldiers in this. We're his ambassadors of truth. So we have the shoes of the gospel ready. So we're going to share this gospel of peace, how God loves us, how he saves us, and how you don't have to struggle in feeling the way you're struggling, that there is a love that you can't even imagine that is there for you. And we're the people to do that. So those are the pieces of the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. And in Romans uh, ten fifteen it says, And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. Now, if I remember correctly, and sometimes I'm human, so my recollections are off, I think that's uh, Paul quoting from Isaiah. And how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. So know that as they, you have that part of the, the gospel that you're providing and loving people with, the beauty of Christ, the righteousness of Christ rests on you in that. And in Ephesians 16, it says, all, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, when we think about the shield of faith in the first slide that we saw, we saw that phalanx of uh, soldiers with the big rectangular shields. Oh, or maybe we didn't, but that's okay though. Um, but Roman soldiers had rectangular shields and what they could do is have them in such a way and they were usually coated with a substance that was flame retardant as well so it was very much literally a way that you could stop flaming darts against you a group of roman soldiers could get together and they could push forward together and uh, if they needed to or they could have this move which translated into english uh, means tortoise or turtle and all the soldiers kind of backed around one another and made a dome and they had like a little shield around their whole group if they were getting pelted with a whole bunch of fiery objects too so that shows us some things about how we can use that shield of faith in our lives the faith that we have comes from from our relationship in christ in hebrews 11 1 it says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things not seen. We have this amazing faith, and actually I would encourage us all to, at some point, just read Hebrews 11, just the by faith passage, just to, to get a more deeper understanding of our faith. Because we know, and because God has shown us that he loves us, we know that he has risen, we know that he's coming back for us, he has given us his Holy Spirit, as a guarantor, as a seal on our lives. So we know that. We have experienced personally in our lives 
God's faithfulness and God's goodness to us, we remember these things. These are part of our faith. And so this is our weapon. When the flames and arrows of the enemy, deceptions, lies, we put that up. My God is good. My God is great. My God is faithful. Get thee behind me, Satan. We have that power with us. So we use that shield of faith in that way. So, amen. Our faith is a protective barrier between us and the schemes. Remember, I was talking about the schemes and deceptions of the enemy and his attacks on us. And when we cry out in faith to God, we know that God is good, God is faithful, he will come to our aid and our need and stand with us. We know that. That is our faith. So, And then in Ephesians uh, 6, 17a, it talks about the helmet of salvation. And obviously that protects our head if you are a hockey player or a football player or if you are a soldier or a firefighter. You usually wear a helmet in your everyday work, especially if you're in a a very difficult situation. And uh, that protects our head because we all know that if you take a shot to the head, you get hurt very badly or it can be fatal, right? That's how come we have helmets. And uh, it's like that for our spiritual life too. We need to guard our minds and we need God's strength for that. I was thinking too about how does that work with our, our faith and um, I'm, in scripture, Christ, by his stripes, we know that we are healed. Amen? Amen. And part of that scourging, the, the bad, horrible beating that the Lord received on the cross for us is that he had a crown of thorns placed on his head as well. I also kind of make that connection in thinking that was a part of that scourging that Jesus took with that crown of thorns on his head was that for our thoughts, our mind life, for our physical brains, was that a part of the healing that we appropriate for his particular suffering in that way? That's just a question that I'm asking, and one day I'll get to ask him for certain, but I know that God gives us that power. So we can put on the helmet of salvation and and use it the way it was intended, that we can ask the Lord to guard our hearts, guard our minds, and our thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Again, that's our, our mental struggles with the helmet of salvation. We, we can have this mental defense. And what do I mean by take, what, taking every thought captive? What does that mean? That we weigh everything else. Like, you know, they're good and holy thoughts. You know, like, wow, you know, uh, you know, maybe if I work this hard, I can do this and that. But then there are those evil thoughts that come to your head. Well, maybe I should take this thing that doesn't belong to me. Or maybe I should do that. And then you take that thought and go, no, this thought does not line up with the word of God. And Lord, I don't want that thought in my head. Lord, let's get that thought out of my head. Period. You know, and sometimes that originates from our own carnal flesh, and sometimes that comes as a spiritual attack from the enemy that he's trying to put that on you. Rebuke that and, and take every thought. Don't let idle thoughts go like, oh, you know, everything's... I mean, we, we feel sad and, and we get hurt, but let's not dwell in what Satan would want to put on you. Let's not dwell in the whole, oh, you know, every life is so terrible all the time. 
things happen and things are terrible, but you, you know, we go, Lord, this is one of the harshest things I've ever been through in my life, but you are good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We give that to him and say, Lord, I don't understand what's going on here, but I know that you are good and you are faithful and true. Lord God, just use me, help me, heal me. I choose to you over this thought that wants to drag me down and drag and push me into the ground and destroy my life and destroy my thinking. We take victory over that. Amen. And in Ephesians 6, 17, it says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Jesus is the holy word of God. Our holy Bible, our scripture that God, our love letter that he's given us is the word of God. That is the offensive weapon in our arsenal. Being able to understand what scripture is saying to us and being able to quote scripture. When uh, Peter came to Jesus and basically was saying, oh no, you don't have to go to the cross. You know, heaven forbid that. Jesus looked at Peter, his friend, and said, get thee behind me, Satan. You have the things of the world and of man in mind, not the things of the kingdom of God. You know, and Peter, from his human flesh, loved Jesus and thought, well, why should my Savior die? Not realizing that that is the very purpose that Jesus came. He could not give up the core of his mission. And Satan was trying to use Peter to try and dissuade Jesus for that. But Jesus saw past that. It wasn't, get thee behind me, Peter. It was, get thee behind me, Satan. Because Satan was using that. And uh, that's one thing. As we know the word, and as we know what God's word says... We are given those spiritual tools to help us in those struggles. In Matthew uh, six thirteen, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, "And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." And in Matthew six thirteen, it says, "And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one." God wants us to pray. Use that sword of the Spirit. God wants us to pray. We use that sword of God's word and we fight everything that comes against the knowledge of God in our personal life and in the world. That's what God wants us to do. We do what God told us to do. Pray, Lord, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. In James 4, 7, it says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And then in Ephesians 6, 19, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayer requests. And with this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Amen. Amen. So, just remember what... uh, Abe was sharing with us, too, in Jeremiah 23. We need to hang on to the word. We need to be pushing into the word. We need to be memorizing scripture and using it. We need to be praying for one another and fighting against the darkness together. One thing I didn't mention in that whole uh, turtle phalanx thing with the Roman soldiers and stuff, that's a team image. That's us standing together with our shields and faith together that we can hold off some, but we get together in faith and pray and hold each other up with all of our shields up. Ah, the enemy doesn't have a chance. And you know what, too? You need to remember, too, that you are sons and daughters of the king of the universe. Let that sink in for a second. Amen. 
sons and daughters of the kings of the universe. You are, you are valued. You are loved. Christ died for you. God doesn't call us pets. He calls us children. Children that made in the image of God, that imago dei, that is who we are. Be encouraged in that. So with this spiritual warfare, it's like, don't be, oh, well, it's spiritual warfare. No, we are kids of the king of the universe. God loves us. We're covered in his righteousness. We have his truth. We have his righteousness. We have his salvation. We have faith. And we have his sword. And we can share his gospel. We have all of that together. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. But we have this this truth. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. We have that truth, that righteousness. So let me encourage you, just, and just the easiest way to think about putting on that armor is helmets, salvation, faith, truth, all of those things. Let that resonate in your hearts. We're going to get ready and we're going to sing our final song in a few moments here. But we're going to, as we've done before, keep calling on the name of Jesus for all these things, and we're going to make room in our hearts for who he is. God is so amazing. God is so, so good. I just want you to avail yourself. Take these lessons and apply them. God says use the whole armor of God, not part of the armor of God, not just this or that. Do all of these things. Do all of these things. Put on the armor. Take up the armor as God has commanded us to do and see the spiritual blessing that comes from that. See how God helps us. Victory over the darkness. Victory over Satan. Victory over all kinds of evil. In Jesus' name is what he has for all of us. So, amen. I'm going to invite you all to, to stand as we, we sing our, our last song. And uh, then I'll talk to you a little bit more after that.